0: Welcome back to Refugee Report. My name is Harper, and I will be taking over for Sam today. In this episode, we'll be highlighting racism and discrimination within refugee crises. This topic feels incredibly relevant as the crisis has unfolded in Ukraine. On February 24, 2022, Russia invaded Ukraine. According to the UNHCR, more than 10 million people have become displaced, roughly 4 million 278,789 refugees have fled Ukraine, with the largest amount, approximately 2,490,447, going to Poland. Refugees have also fled to Romania, the Republic of Moldova, Hungary, the Russian Federation, Slovakia, and Belarus. Vladimir Putin's initial plans were to take over Ukraine and depose its government to halt its NATO ambitions. Putin has publicly toyed that he is trying to demilitarize and denazify the country. To learn more about Ukraine, the country's history, and gain more context, feel free to listen to our episode highlighting these things and more posted in December of 2020. This crisis has truly united the world. This has been the largest displacement of people in Europe since World War II. As mentioned, neighboring countries have been incredibly open to accepting these refugees. Many European countries have committed to fast-tracking applications for asylum. The Polish ambassador to the UN said they will keep their borders open to Ukrainian refugees. While this outpour of support has been amazing, this is what you should expect out of every country. However, refugee crises are not something new in Europe's modern-day history. Many cannot help but compare it to the response taken by Europe in 2015 during the Syrian refugee crisis and their handling of northern African refugees. In August 2015, Hungary's solution to refugees was to impose a 13-foot wall with razor wire, running 115 miles along the border with Serbia. Additionally, on September 3, 2015, the Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban said, please don't come. Since Russia's invasion, Hungary has taken in somewhere around 400,000 Ukrainian refugees. Similarly, on January 2, 2018, The Prime Minister of Poland, Matiz Morawiecki, stated that the country will no longer be accepting refugees from the Middle East or Northern Africa. Compare this now to the over 2 million Ukrainian refugees they have taken in within a matter of weeks. European countries have previously claimed they did not have space for Syrian refugees. Now, when a war breaks out in Ukraine, the countries are completely open to welcoming the vast number of refugees. Some believe this implies a double standard for refugees. Again, the support Ukrainian refugees have received should be the standard. In a statement released on March 21, 2022, the head of the UNHCR, Filippi Grandi, applauded the outpour of support for Ukrainian refugees, but said that the reactions have not been the same for all. Quote, We also bore witness to the ugly reality that some black and brown people fleeing Ukraine and other wars and conflicts around the world have not received the same treatment as Ukrainian refugees. They reported disturbing incidents of discrimination, violence, and racism. These acts of discrimination are unacceptable. End quote. Grundy mentions black and brown refugees fleeing Ukraine. This Al-Jahir report tells of incidents at the border. African and Indian students stuck in Ukraine are accusing officials of discriminating against them and pushing them back from getting to the border. Videos have been posted on social media said to show black people being prevented from boarding a train and left stranded at a railway station in Lviv as Ukrainians were allowed on. Others said they were turned back from the border and were even being shot at. This is the unfortunate reality for refugees of color fleeing Ukraine. But this is also the case for refugees of color everywhere. This is the product of xenophobia. Xenophobia is a fear of the unknown. But in recent years, it has taken on the meaning of a person who has fear and hatred of strangers or foreigners. Oxford languages define xenophobia as, quote, the dislike of or prejudice against people from other countries. Xenophobia has driven the responses of many nations when confronting refugee crises. Unfortunately, there are many I could speak about. Today, I will be focusing on xenophobia against Arab migrants and refugees in the United States and Europe. Grantmakers Concerned with Immigrants and Refugees, or GCIR, created a report that found, during the first week after 9-11, there were 645 incidents of bias and hate against Americans perceived to be of Middle Eastern or South Asian descent. Even after 20 years, hate crimes have remained above pre-9-11 statistics. Marissa Torona wrote a piece for GCIR highlighting the ways in which the United States has used national security to create justifications for the surveillance, detainment, deportation, and incarceration of Black, Arab, Middle Eastern, Muslim, South Asian, and other immigrant communities. The Uniting and Strengthening America by Providing Appropriate Tools Required to Intercept and Obstruct Terrorism, U.S. Patriot Act of 2001 allowed for the surveillance, detainment, and deportation of non-citizens upon orders of the Attorney General without judicial review. The National Security Entry-Exit Registration System created a special registry targeting Muslim men and boys, which registered over 80,000 individuals, deported over 13,000, and did not result in a single terrorism conviction. These legal justifications were greatly enhanced with the introduction of a series of, quote, Muslim bans, end quote, under the Trump administration. The first Muslim ban was put into effect on January 27, 2017. While many people rushed to airports in protest and support, and a significant portion of bans have been blocked by federal courts, the third iteration of the ban by the U.S. Supreme Court, in a 5-4 opinion issued on June 26, 2018, allowed the ban to remain permanently. These bans have been coupled with more anti-Muslim immigration policies. On March 27, 2017, the U.S. Secretary of State called for more extreme vetting, and on May 23, 2017, the Office of Management and Budget approved the discretionary use of quote extreme vetting and quote questions. This included inquiries into social media accounts and extensive biographical and travel information from the last 15 years. More examples include the slashing of annual refugee admissions in September of 2017. Also, the ending of temporary status for refugees from Sudan and further limitations for refugees from Syria, Yemen, and Somalia. In Europe, on February 28, 2022, the Prime Minister of Bulgaria said to reporters, These are not the refugees we are used to. These people are Europeans. These people are intelligent. They are educated people. This is not the refugee wave we have been used to. People we are not sure about their identity. People with unclear pasts. Who could have been even terrorists. In other words, there is not a single European country now which is afraid of the current wave of refugees. End quote. The Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban made two comments only three months apart from one another. First, quote, We aren't going to let anyone in. End quote. The second, quote, we're letting everyone in, end quote. The first comment was made in December 2021, addressing migrants and refugees from the Middle East. The second was made during the first week of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. It is not only politicians making comments like this. Many reporters are being criticized for their coverage of the refugee crisis. An al Jazeera reporter said the following. These are prosperous, middle-class people. They look like any European family that you would live next door to. NBC News correspondent Kelly Cobella echoed a similar sentiment when she said... These are not refugees from Syria. These are um, Christians, they're white. Now, in 2015, when the Syrian refugee crisis began, many European countries openly welcomed refugees. This changed when the European Union could not agree on how to share the responsibility of refugees, with the main backlash coming from central European countries, such as Poland and Hungary. Because of this, European countries began tightening their immigration and asylum policies. The EU has been criticized for paying Libya to intercept refugees in the Mediterranean, often returning them to abusive and deadly camps. Lina Coromendio, an independent migration and asylum researcher in Greece, wrote on Twitter, quote, there's no way to avoid questions around the deeply embedded racism of European migration policies when we see how different the reactions of national governments and EU elites are to the people trying to reach Europe, end quote. Hungarian Prime Minister Viktor Orban believes in tough immigration policies to preserve the culture and ethnicity. This means that someone of a different race or religion cannot be welcomed. Some members of Poland's Conservative Party have echoed this rhetoric. So Ukrainian refugees, who share historical and cultural ties with neighboring countries, have been easily accepted by them. Again, the support that Ukrainian refugees are receiving is incredible. It is a touching display of empathy for refugees. However, you cannot look at the current situation and not notice the differences in housing, visas, and work on immediate entry between Ukrainian refugees and refugees of color. Felipe Grandi said, quote, we must try to reconcile this internal contradiction as we also witness a parallel imbalance in the world, End quote. He continues to say, quote, we need to ensure that global responsibility sharing is strengthened for all refugees, no matter where they come from. Anyone can be a refugee. It is the world's responsibility to ensure that a refugee's race, ethnicity, or religion does not hinder their ability to receive aid. To learn more about the particular crises and the global responses to them, feel free to listen to our other podcasts. A wonderful organization that works, quote, to defend the rights of immigrants and refugees, empower individuals, families, and communities, and advocate for liberty and justice, end quote, is RACES, which stands for the Refugee and Immigrant Center for Education and Legal Services. They work to provide immigrants and refugees free and low-cost legal and social services, and they have an advocacy group working to change the narrative around immigration in America. Their link will be in the description of this episode. While we do recommend this organization, it is important that you do your own research before spending your own money. That concludes this episode of the Refugee Report. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share it with a friend. Follow our Instagram at wartimeaid for more refugee information. Tune in next time to learn about the humanitarian crisis in Israel and Palestine. As always, thank you for listening.